Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your dude, Buzz, and I'm joined by my guy, Goose, Bulls Scripted, and we are here after a disappointing season open, 126-125 loss to the Charlotte Hornets. All of a game. It was very exciting, the whole game. It's on the edge of my seat, as usual. Bulls were actually down 22 at one point and came rallying back. But before we get into all that, Goose, how you doing tonight, man? Oh, I was hoping to start a gin and goose trend, but apparently I'm going to have to switch to whiskey after tonight because the gin just didn't do the job. Oh, you already know what I'm rocking with. Got a cold can of beer, a pocket full of dreams. Chalk this one up as an L, and we'll come out next time and hopefully get a win, and that'll be at the home opener on Saturday. Correct? That's the next game, or we have one more in between? No, we got one more in between, don't we? We do. My bad. Anyway, so game started off kind of rocky in the first quarter. The Bulls were outscored 37-28. to Zach Levine went, uh, I believe, 0-5 in the first quarter there. 0-4, um, I'm sorry, in the first quarter. It was just real rough. And I'll tell you what, man, hats off to uh, Charlotte. I mean, they hit six three-pointers in the first quarter. They went six for 12 from, uh, from deep, and they were uh, led by – um, rookie PJ Washington. Yeah, rookie PJ Washington in, the, in, in that in that first quarter, he went three for five from downtown, had eleven points. Dwayne Bacon also added a three in there. Marvin Williams, for some reason tonight, was playing like he did did like in NBA Two K fourteen. And uh, Devontae Graham, former Kansas standout, had a really good first quarter. Uh, our first quarter highlights for the Chicago Bulls. Not many of them, but Lowry Markinen went 5-for-9, dropped 12 points and 4 boards in the first quarter. I want to walk uh, walk through that first quarter. What did you see in the first quarter that you liked, and what didn't you like? Ah, oh, shit. I almost feel like I'm on a Bears podcast right now. We skipped preseason, um, but in this instance, we skipped shoot-around, and I felt like we came out slow. So yeah, that's a, that's a good point. You think that played into it by doing the team walkthrough instead of going to morning shoot around today? I mean, I almost feel like we took the team for granted, whether it was not having a shoot around or just coming into the game nonchalant. We didn't come out the gate good at all. And I think that was the difference at the end. Obviously any call, any which way when in a one point game can swing the tide, but the way we came out the gate was uninspiring. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, first quarter, Zach really struggled heavily. Um, he, he couldn't find his shot. He, he wasn't finishing at the rim. Um, I don't know. How, I wish I would have wrote down how many turnovers he had in the first, but I know he lost that ball. A lot of dribbling off his foot today, losing the ball. I feel like Zach sometimes has butterfingers in the paint, and uh, it was just it didn't have uh, didn't have it really going so much there in the first quarter and like I said nothing really great happened but I will point out one other thing in the first quarter Kobe White rookie Kobe White came in he went one for three and had six points there in the first quarter 
he looked really good. And I mean, just in general tonight, I know we're going to we'll break it down a little bit quarter by quarter, but just what we really saw from the game. And I want to take my positives away because I'm not really too concerned with the loss. The only thing I'm kind of concerned with was the perimeter defense. The Bulls had a bunch of points in the paint tonight. I mean, they, I just wish that three would have fell for them a little bit more than it actually did. They, Ah, man, they shot 9 for 30 from downtown tonight for 30%, while the opposing Hornets shot 23 for 44 for 52.3%. Speaking on the perimeter defense, man, I mean, what do you think we could do to improve that? I mean, I I will say out of the 23 three-pointers that Charlotte hit, some of them were contested, but a lot of them were, I mean, just great ball movement, wide-open shots. I mean, what, what do you think the Bulls could do to improve that perimeter D? I mean, you could play Thad Young a little more. You could swap Cornette for Gafford, who is a defensive and rebounding specialist that brings the energy to the game. Uh, As much as Cornette brings spacing to the game, I was kind of disappointed to see, uh, although he only played six minutes, closer to seven, I was a little disappointed to see how he played tonight. It was like he was forcing shots, and on the defensive end, he wasn't helping at all. So I think you could step it up by putting another defensive player at the five on the floor to begin with. And then Jim kind of threw me off with taking Thad out for Wendell, who looked a little slow tonight in the fourth there. I was a little concerned with that. Yeah, I was a little concerned with it, too. I saw a lot of tweets popping around Bulls Twitter about uh, Wendell's play tonight. And even though he didn't, you know, we understand that he didn't play a lot of preseason basketball. I, I get it. And his feet might not be completely under him after coming off another injury throughout the preseason. But, I mean, he is one of the, you know, one of the Bulls players, one of the the few that finished plus in the plus-minus tonight. Um, I re- Like, when Cody Zeller was dominating there at first and he was kind of getting everything he could at the rim and how you mentioned about Cornette, I really would have liked to see rookie big man Daniel Gafford get in there. Just to put a body on him, because Zeller was kind of pushing everybody around in the paint. And, I mean, like you said, Cor- I mean, it, it was a small sample size because about seven minutes of play for a Cornette isn't, isn't a lot. But, I mean, defensively, it, it, that just ain't it, Coach. It, it, it ain't it. You, you, have to, you have to, you know, adapt on the fly there. And I do think that Gafford could have brought in, you know, some positive defensive reinforcements there if he would have gotten to play a little bit. I I understand he's a rookie. I understand that he's a second-round pick, and, you know, he's still got to get his feet wet. But when Cornette's shot's not falling and, you know. When Cornette's shot's not falling, he's useless in my right. opinion. Right. <laughs> well, no, you're absolutely right. I, I tried not saying it like that, but you, you said it exactly how I wanted to say it. Um, if, if his shot's not falling, there's no need for him to be in the game. Um, and I just I would really like to see a little bit more defensive presence out of the Bulls there. Uh, moving on into the second quarter, um, you know, we it, the Bulls made a little bit of a charge back. You know, they were down nine. They had went down about, I think, 14 there in the second quarter, or 16, I think it was. And, um, you know, they rallied back by halftime to go down 63 to 55. I mean, the Bulls weren't down much considering all the three-pointers that were that were falling for, for – uh, for uh, Charlotte, so I mean they they hit another um, they hit seven three pointers in the second quarter, and I mean they just kind of started you know blowing it open there for a little bit. Again, the rookie Washington he you know hit another two there. He went five for eight 
in the second quarter. He was 5 for 8 for 17 points already. Devontae Graham hit another one. I mean, it was just those guys were just open. That ball movement was so fluid. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you, it took me by surprise. And I think it's just kind of funny to me. And I'm going to throw a little dig in there, and I'm going to let you elaborate on this if you'd like to. But I just think it's funny that they paid $60 million to Terry Rozier, but I think Devontae Graham might be the guy. <laughs> I think that's a stretch at this point. He had a hot You think so? I like, I like Devontae Graham's game, dude. I really do. He, he had a hot game, but anytime you have a point guard that the opposing team goes, all right, we can put Archie Diakno on you, yeah, you probably don't really have something there. I mean, <laughs> it, it was a good performance, but at the end of the night, the Bulls made nine three-pointers, and the Charlotte Hornets made 23. That's a 14-point difference at the end of the night, and that ended up being way more than the difference in the score. We lost by one point. Zach Levine kicks the ball out, takes a three when we're down without a timeout. Maybe we have a tie game. Maybe we're seeing overtime. And it it just it kills me to see. So are you ta- are you talking about that last drive of the game there when he when he took the layup? Yes, when he went for the layup. Yeah. I understand the quick two, but you don't have a timeout. And we saw that being the defining factor at the very end. It just sucks to see. A career night from Lowry Markkinen, tying his career high in 35 points with 17 rebounds going to waste. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, a lot of a lot of you know, again, you're just going to Twitter and even reading articles through other news uh, news sites and whatnot, concerned about Lowry Markkinen getting his shot shot attempts. He took the most shots on the team tonight, and he really did deliver. I mean, 35 points and 17 boards in the opener. It's fantastic. Unfortunately, the three wasn't falling for him, or the Bulls in general, really. The only one that, you know, shot great from three was, I guess, Thad Young and, and Archie. Thad I mean, Archie, banked one in. Oh, my God. I, dude, when he shot that one, I was like, that ain't going in. And you just hear it smack off the backboard and, and go right in. I'm like, damn. I'm like, all right, I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, I'm just trying to keep us in the game there, but... I will say one thing to the to the Bulls' credit here is, you know, railing after a 22-point deficit with the threes falling like that, it shows that these guys got fight in them. You know, it shows that dog mentality, and and it's something that I truly do appreciate. And, you know, no one really racked up big minutes either tonight, so hopefully when we come back out, you know, in our next game that we're able to, you know, make something happen. The Bulls are on again against the Grizzlies in Memphis at the FedEx Forum. Uh, on Friday, October 25th. So they're, they're going to be dealing with the back-to-back there. Um, but, you know, hopefully they can come out and, and just, you know, keep that, that same energy they had tonight but just improve on the perimeter D because they're going to have to. I mean, it's just you can't you can't allow that many threes. And I know that this it's a shooting game now. It's all about shooting threes more so than anything, but they need to find a way to be able to guard that. Uh, let's get into a couple positives here. Kobe White, he played – fantastic tonight i wanted to get your thoughts on on his game and and what you saw out of him i mean uh to the box score hunters kobe white had seven assists tonight so um not sure what you're gonna say there but you know kobe came out he shot the ball he pushed the pace um and he had seven assists tied for the team lead with zach levine uh, which is something I would like to point out with Zach. He did stuff the stat sheet tonight. He was 16, 6, and 7 with two steals and one block. His shot was a little off. A couple of his attempts felt a little forced. 
probably given the foul trouble and the lack of minutes that he was able to work with. Uh, feels Zach dropped the ball tonight, but Kobe White, man, 17-7-3. That is a great rookie debut, especially with all the criticism coming out, given his lack of ball movement. And, you know, I want to say another thing about Zach Levine. The five turnovers really sucked. Like, it did not help, but as a team tonight... The Bulls only had a total of 10 team turnovers tonight compared to Charlotte's 19 team turnovers. 19. I mean, you know, they almost doubled the Bulls in turnovers. It just shows you how important that three ball is and how important perimeter defense is. Like, you, you just can't let that shit up. Um, now, for me with Kobe White, I mean, he, man, I, that kid just provides such a spark, Goose, like where I – does it sound weird to say, like, you know how you feel confident? I'm going to go to another sport here for a minute. So, like, you know, when, and it's completely different players, obviously, but, like, when the, when the Bears first got Jay Cutler, right, and I, when they first got him and you always felt confident when the ball was in his hand, he ultimately did let me down, you know, in the, you know, in the future of when he first got did there. Did you really but, just compare Kobe White to Jay Cutler? No, 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 no. I'm saying how I felt. Okay. I felt very comfortable and I felt confident when Kobe White had the ball, and I haven't really felt that confidence in a Bulls player in a long time. When I just see him with the ball, I see his movements. I didn't compare him to Jay Cutler. I was just comparing him to how I felt when Jay Cutler had the ball when he first got here. Like, I, I've never really felt that way since D. Rose, really, when D. Rose had the ball, and I was I was confident in him because Kobe White just seems so confident in himself and in his shot. And tonight, he, everything that he did, I felt just worked. And, you know, obviously he didn't shoot great. He only shot 25% from three on one for four for, uh, from the three-point land, but he was six for 13 overall. And I felt confident when he had the ball, man. He was creating for his teammates. His explosiveness to the rim is it, just unbelievable. It's unbelievable to me how fast he is able to get to the hoop and, and the quick decision-making that he has. I I'm over the moon about him, man. I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm over the moon about him. And I know you read the off, off the stat sheet, but there's just something about him that I feel like this guy's going to be, I think he might end up being one of the best players on this squad in the future. Well, you just went from Jay Cutler to prime Derrick Rose or Derrick Rose. I don't want to say prime. I don't want to offend too many people. Uh, no, no. Like I said, it was not like, I... com- it's not comparing it to him. I was just like how I felt when they had the ball. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I was trying to get at is like how the confidence factor that I had in them and how I felt like they were portraying themselves as very confident in having the ball. That's basically what I was saying. It just felt, it felt different. I felt confident. I wouldn't say I felt confident. I would say I felt excited. Every time Kobe touched the ball, I was ready for a key play in the game. I think his step back jumper from three point that he missed is going to be something that he develops and translates and becomes a very effective tool for this team. Obviously, at this point, coming into the league, his speed and his pace is what was always going to translate. So seeing that come through in the game to create not only for himself but his teammates was extremely encouraging. You have a rookie sixth man that can shoot the ball, push the ball, and has positional size, I think him and Dunn together tonight were a very competent duo. You know, we saw Chris Dunn getting after the ball. 
We saw him and Kobe embracing each other consistently. And you, you had Kobe showing people that, yeah, I, okay, maybe you don't think that I know how to pass the ball. But I had seven assists tonight. Yeah. I, I don't know why people were saying that just because he had four assists in preseason. It wasn't his game in preseason. It wasn't what he was asked to do was to create for others, really. You know, he was basically, like you had said, he was running with Dunn a lot, and Dunn was getting a lot of the opportunities in preseason to run that offense, right? And then tonight, Kobe White kind of took that over a little bit, and look what he did. He can do it all. He can create. He could shoot. He's a player, and he's got some pretty good defense behind him as well. well Getting see, into Chris Dunn, how – Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. The thing with people who box score hunt, they only look at the assists. If you watch the game, Kobe does make the right passes. He pushes and presses when he's supposed to, or he should, and generally, I'm going to foul call, a nice layup at the rim, or I'll kick it out. But it's all about that extra pass. Just because he doesn't have an assist in the box score doesn't mean that he's not moving the ball. All these comparisons to Antonio Blakeney in the last week were driving me nuts. Like, I, I, I just simply don't understand it. Blakeney would run down the shot clock and take an open midi. That is not at all what Kobe White has done in any game with the Bulls to this point. No, I agree with that. Um, you know, that, that was the arguments that I found myself in as well with the whole Blakeney thing. So then I just, you know, from the small sample size of preseason, right, I grabbed the small sample size from Summer League, right, and where he averaged like 4.6 assists a game or some shit. You know, uh, honestly, like, watch the game. You'll see how he plays. You know, and he plays with the mentality that he could take over on the offense a bit, and he always tries to involve his teammates. He always looks for, you know, the open player to get the open shot up. So uh, getting into Chris Dunn, how you talked about him before, I know that he did finish negative in the plus-minus with a minus-8. But he did have four steals tonight, and he had a couple crucial plays. Offensively, he looked really good, too. He went 5-for-7 from the field. He did go 0-for-2. The only two shots he missed was from uh, downtown. He did seem a little little hesitant on uh, quite a few plays, one notably in the fourth quarter with a shot clock violation where him and Zach just didn't, I don't think knew how much time was on the clock and they were just kind of unaware of, of how that play was going down where he passed up a three, kicked it back to Zach. And obviously the shot clock violation happened, but I, I, I thought that Chris Dunn played a pretty good game tonight considering the circumstances. Well, I mean, regardless of the circumstances, if Chris Dunn can come off the bench and be that dog who plays on defense, gets you a couple extra possessions for tonight in the steel column, and be a positive on the offensive end, there's nothing you can complain about there. Um, I think his performance tonight shows what he can bring to this team off the bench, and hopefully it kind of simmers down the waving trade talks. Like, I sometimes I get a little confused on Twitter when people are like, oh, let's just wave him and sign this guy that played in the G League for five years because he looked really good on this other team. Like, I I don't understand that (laughs) personally. And I think if Chris Dunn's your backup point guard, guard in any situation, even just on the defensive end, I think you have a pretty deep roster. I agree with that. You know, I'm... I'm a Dunn homer, and I, I'm on record saying that. I like Chris Dunn. I always have, and I think that he's a good player. I just didn't think that he meshed well with Zach Levine because I really do think that both of them kind of need the ball to be effective. 
they just for whatever reason never meshed well together within the starting lineup. Um, Took that thought right out of my head, brother. Great minds think alike. So with Sadoransky, he had a, you know a, a good flashy layup, but he he went one for five. He really didn't add much of anything, man. He had three assists. He had one block. He did finish plus four in the plus minus, but he didn't really bring you anything. And um, with that being said, I mean, I know it's the first game of the year. I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself, but I have said this in uh, in an article on ontapsportsnet.com. I have said it on Twitter and stuff like that. I, I do think that Kobe White ends up taking this job by end of November, early December. I, I, I think that he does get the starting nod eventually with the way that I, I feel his game is, you know. Um, but Sadoransky played all right. I mean, was he what I what I wanted? No. You know, I, I was hoping that maybe he could make, you know, more opportunities of the shots that he got. Had um had a floater there in the second quarter that I, I really wish he would have found an open Otto Porter Jr. for. Otto Porter Jr. was standing on the uh on the perimeter uh, in the corner and Sadoransky went up for the shot and the shot ended up just bouncing you know, hitting the the, the front of the rim and bouncing away. And I, he did miss an open, you know, uh, open teammate, but I, I can't really complain too bad. He did play pretty good on ball defense, so just not what I wanted out of my starting point guard tonight. I, I wish he could have added a little bit more. Oh yeah, I felt like he was a non-factor with him kind of being non-existent and Zach dropping the ball on, you know, one possession was the difference in this game, and that's what what hurts the most about losing by one fucking point to a shitty team. Is it's like literally one bad shot, one bad pass, one lack of effort on the defensive end, and this is a win. And I think the way we came out the gate, this this might sting down the road, man. Like every game is going to count this year, and losing this opener, albeit in an opponent's home opener, the energy is palpable, but. This loss could really be the defining factor. And I know it's game one. That's crazy bat shit to say. But this one game could really be the difference at the end of the season. And that that's what kind of hits home with me is it's like, man. Well, you've said it all off season though, dude. You said every game's important. And I, I've always stuck with you through that because I agree with that. You know, we're Every game's important here because we have predicted the Bulls to be anywhere from a 6-8 to eight seed, right? You know, every game is important to win. And tonight, the the main thing that killed us tonight was, again, I mean, obviously it was the three-point discrepancy between the, both the ball clubs. That was what it really was. The Bulls, in all reality, Keith, they, they took care of the ball. They only turned it over ten times. And, you know, Zach... You know, and obviously you don't want the ball to be turned o- turned over ever. But Zach had five of those when I felt like he was trying to create a little bit too much. He was over dribbling, getting himself into bad situations, getting into the paint where it was too clogged, and, and you know trying to get something you know going. But uh, I feel he got into foul trouble, and then the minutes that he had in the game, he felt he had to press, and that all. So you think you the- think that was it? Uh, I think that was it. I think when, yeah, when you cut your own minutes down by getting into foul trouble, and you are the 23-24 point score game coming into this season, you got a little bit of added pressure, and I felt that he he just pressed too much. And granted, he did have more assists than turnovers, and he shot over 40% from the field, but I just don't feel that this is a game from Zach Levine that we're going to see throughout the season, which is a good thing. But coming out opening night, 
get in foul trouble and then press a little too hard and maybe even cost your team the game. Um, <laughs> especially after not being named a captain, which was overblown, that and Otto should be the captains. But, you know, you're not named the captain of the team when you're the clear go-to guy on the team, at least opening the season. Maybe Lowry changes that. But, yeah, it was just a hard game to watch for Zach. And it wasn't bad. Like, it was it was just average. And we needed just that tad bit more than average to get the W. Right, and I think that's something that we're going to see Zach improve on throughout the season. You know, I, I, I don't I don't predict a lot of games like this out of Zach. I really don't. I think that, you know, first game jitters, a lot of optimism coming into the season, not only from fans but coming from, you know, the players as well. I mean, you've heard all these guys talk, whether it was through media day, just being in the press now. You know, as they're getting close, you know, as they were getting closer to the season, they know how what kind of talent they have, and I'm gonna chalk it up as that. I I still believe, you know, obviously some small sample size here, one fucking game, it's one game, but I still believe that Zach can be an all star. I still believe that Zach is gonna be all right. It was just one game where he struggled a little bit, and I think he tried to do too much, especially there in the fourth quarter, especially in the end of the quarter. I felt like he was dribbling around that perimeter way too much. You know. They're like seems like they were like trying to you know run off time in the clock because they, they were flowing so well when they went on that run they were up ton they started generating more threes and you know ended up breaking the franchise record with uh, twenty setting twenty three three pointers so you know a lot of things to go to the drawing board and look at a lot of things to improve you know within the perimeter defense you know setting plays a little bit better not you know draining that shot clock down where a four shot has to come or anything like that but. You know, I'll I'll take it as it is. I'll take it as it is. You know, we start the season off zero and one. Hopefully, we can go into Memphis. We can go pick Bring up it a win. Home and uh, we can head into the season leaving home with a two one record, and this loss doesn't come back to bite us in the end. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. And, uh, special note: I was in the home opener on Saturday, so I will be in attendance for that. It'll be my third home opener ever, so I'm very excited. And uh, it should be it should be a good time. I guess I get to go down on the court and stuff, so it, it should be a fun time, um, you know. And hopefully, I could bring some good luck into the Bulls. So I want to get don't into wear your Heinrich jersey. That's so messed up, man. You knew I was gonna wear it too, and you had to go say something it, like that. <laughs> just don't do it. If you do, we're gonna lose. Fine, I won't wear it. I'll wear my. Oh man. I don't even know what I'll wear. Probably my Pippin jersey or something like that because I wore my Jordan jersey tonight. So I'll rock with the Pippin one, and it's a jersey. I don't, you know, I wore an actual jersey tonight, and I think I look like a douche. So I got to go back to the jerseys. I don't you look cool. Start and tough. doing curls, bro. I do twelve ounce curls, man. Twelve I do, ounce I do, curls. I do twelve man, ounce curls, brother. Man, can't even can't curl the steakies. Shit. <laughs> So I want to start something new that one of our, uh, you know, we were racking our brains on it on our last episode, what we wanted to call this, but I want to start our swish to click. So we uh, we did these on, on you know, socks on tap with the pick to clicks and stuff like that. And I don't know how they do it on bears on tap, but I know that the Blackhawks guys did stick to click. So we're going to start swish to click. And going into Memphis, I want to know what player you have as your swish to click. I'm giving you Zach Levine because I don't think he's going to come out as dormant as he did tonight. Okay, I like it. You got a stat line? Uh, I'll give you 30-plus points, 5-plus assists, 
and a W. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'm going to go with Otto Porter Jr. I think his 3-for-10 performance, 1-for-5 from downtown tonight, um, you know, was a little bit misleading. He was one of the players that finished in the plus with a plus 14 here tonight. Nine, nine points, two steals, two boards, one assists, and one block. I'm going to go with him. I think he's going to drop at least uh, – I think he's going to sh- uh, put a 20-piece up on the board, at least 20 points for Otto Porter Jr. with probably about six boards and three assists against the Memphis Grizzlies on Friday. So that's what that's who I'm going to rock with with my swish to click. Other than that, I don't have much else besides I hope that we get a dub on Friday and get this uh get this ball club to 500 1 and 1 and uh start, you know, really moving from there. You got anything, my brother? Uh not much. Uh just switching from gin and goose to uh take a shot with me. Let's let's drink some whiskey for the next game and hopefully we come up with a W. <laughs> W's for whiskey. W's are for whiskey. All right. I'm sure my wife's going to love that when she comes down here and we're recording and I can't even sit up straight. That's going to be fantastic. All right. Well, be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Follow at Bulls on Tap on Twitter. Follow at Bulls Scripted, which is my dude Goose. Follow at Bull Scripted on Twitter. Follow me at Buzz on Tap. And more importantly, follow at ontapsportsnet. Again, for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs, and we'll be back Friday night as uh, right after the Bulls play the Memphis Grizzlies. So that's all I got for tonight, man. So, uh, do